the Biden administration appoints a truly sick, a radical woman to the Bureau of Land Management, a woman who advocated for population control in this country. Then, what is the cause of the crime wave that we are experiencing in the United States right now? Spoiler alert, we don't need F-15s to stop it. Plus, Chair of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, is absolutely totally ignorant about critical race theory. In fact, he's even playing by critical race theory rules. Also, does a new Florida law require college students to disclose their political views? I am going to debunk the left's new conspiracy theory today. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. Joe Biden is truly a danger to this country. Speaking of dangers, let's talk about your web security and how to protect against threats on the web. Let's talk about ExpressVPN. There are a lot of things that you search for online. I know I search for online that are not anybody's business. Now, this might be a security system for your house. It might be something personal, like for me, a breast pump for my daughter, guns that you might wanna purchase. And you don't want people to know what you're searching for. But did you know that your internet service provider can see every single website that you've ever visited? Everything. It doesn't matter if you go incognito. Private mode is not enough. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't even matter if you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you visited. And what's worse, once they view your web history, once they view your web activity, they can sell it to advertisers. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN because ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so that your internet service provider cannot see the sites you visit. They also keep all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. So protect your online activity today. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com Liz, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Liz. Expressvpn.com slash Liz to learn more. Protect yourself when you're online. It's what I do. You should too. So the Biden administration is putting sick people in charge of our country. I mean, truly deranged individuals. Case in point, this is Tracy Stone Manning. Tracy Stone Manning is Joe Biden's nominee to serve as the director of the Bureau of Land Management. This woman, this radical, this absolute nutso advocated for population control. In college, her thesis was as follows. She said, and she was talking about environmental damage, by the way, uh, obviously a climate change crazy. Who else would Joe Biden put in charge of the Bureau of Land Management? And she says in her thesis, and I quote, the origin of our abuses is us. If there were fewer of us, we would have less impact. We must consume less, and more importantly, we must breed fewer consuming humans. She also said in her thesis that livestock grazing on public land is, quote, destroying the West. By the way, to put this in context, how important it is that she made a crazy comment like this, the Bureau of Land Management manages livestock grazing on 155 million acres of public lands. So how's she going to handle that then? Well, who knows? She also, and this is the most horrendous part, this actually hurt me in my gut when I saw this advertisement. Part of her thesis is she created advertisements. They were paper advertisements um, to get her point across, right? To re-educate the public on her environmentalism. And in this, one of these advertisements, she called babies environmental hazards. We're showing the photo on the screen for those of you who are watching, those of you who are listening, let me describe it to you. The photograph, it's a profile of a small child who looks to be about one, a baby, cute little baby. Her advertisement says, quote, can you find the environmental hazard in this photo? That's right, she says, it's the cute baby. 
Americans believe that overpopulation is only a problem somewhere else in the world, but it's a problem here too. She writes, the earth is only so big and we can tap into it only so often. In America, we tap in often and hard. When we overpopulate, the earth notices it more. Stop it too, it could be the best thing you do for the planet. She then says, the point of the advertisements is a simple one. Harshly, the ads say that the earth can't afford Americans. More softly, they ask people to think about how their family planning choices affect their planet. Can you believe that someone is so deranged that they would use a picture of an innocent little child and call that child an environmental hazard? What is wrong with Joe Biden? This woman is an absolute nut. In fact, she's more than a nut, she's a liar. Tracy Stone Manning also lied to the Senate in May Stone Manning told the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee that she had never been the target of a federal criminal investigation. This is false. According to the Daily Caller News Foundation, quote, Stone Manning received legal immunity to testify in the 1993 criminal trial over the matter that she sent an anonymous and threatening letter to the Forest Service warning that a local forest had been sabotaged with tree spikes. Her testimony led to the conviction of a man she identified as her former roommate and friend, end quote. So let's focus first on a phrase in that report. Let's focus on the idea of tree spiking. Have you ever heard of tree spiking? What is it? Well, it's eco-terrorism. Tree spiking is when you take a metal spike and you literally hammer it into a tree. That way, when the tree is harvested, when it is milled, uh, the tree, the spike that has been hammered into the tree uh, is spit out like a projectile. It turns it into a sort of bomb. Even the Washington Post, our beacon of conservatism over there, the Washington Post, the left-leaning, left-leaning, that's even a joke, the leftist activists over at the Washington Post defined tree spiking as eco-terrorism. Tracy Stone Manning engaged in tree spiking and eco-terrorism. Joe Biden has nominated a woman who was the subject of a criminal investigation into terrorism to lead an agency of the federal government. She was one of seven individuals, by the way, investigated for this, and she was served with a subpoena. She was forced to provide fingerprints, palm prints, handwriting samples, hair samples for a federal grand jury. So why is this important? By the way, in a, in a 1990 news article, she also admitted that she was a subject to this investigation because she complained that it was a degrading experience or something to be subjected to this investigation. This woman is insane and dangerous, and she lied because she admitted in that publication that she had been subject to a federal criminal investigation we know that for a fact, and yet she said no, that she had not to the Senate. It is hard to underestimate how radical Tracy Stone Manning is. Remember on the campaign trail when Joe Biden promised to be moderate, when he said he was going to unify the country, he was going to be centrist, he was lying. He's surrounding himself with people that are beyond radical. I mean, this woman is more radical than Kamala Harris. She engaged in eco-terrorism. She could have seriously injured, harmed, perhaps even killed somebody, had those tree spikes that she was allegedly participating in, putting in trees, had they actually hurt someone during the milling process. Again, it's hard to underestimate how radical Tracy Stone Manning is. And by the way, the, U the Republicans in the U.S. Senate are barely even playing defense here, let alone playing offense. There's been three GOP senators as of now, John Barrasso, John Thune, and Dan Sullivan, who have actively spoken out about how radical Tracy Stone Manning is. There have been other Republican senators who've said, oh, I don't know if we're going to vote for her. It doesn't seem like she was telling the truth. But where are all, all the Republican senators speaking out in one voice saying, Joe Biden, remove this woman, cancel this nomination. This woman was involved in eco-terrorism. She's a threat to our country. Imagine the reaction from the American people if 
the senators, the Republican senators spoke up in this way. Part of of helping the American people understand the toxicity of the Biden administration is to point out, relentlessly point out the most toxic elements. Tracy Stone Manning is the most toxic elements. And the Biden White House, of course, is spinning this the other way. They say, and I quote, Tracy Stone Manning is a dedicated public servant who has years of experience and a proven track record of finding solutions and common ground when it comes to our public lands and waters. She's exceptionally qualified to be the next director of the Bureau of Land Management. I don't think the Biden White House knows what any of the words that they used means. Her track record is eco-terrorism. Her common ground is threats and extortion. Qualified? What qualifies her? That she says that cattle grazing on public lands is going to destroy the West? Reach out to your senator and ask them why they aren't using their voices as loudly as possible to let the world know how radical the Biden administration is and how dangerous Tracy Stone Manning is. All right, more in just a second, but first let's talk about Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you are among them, know that you are not alone and that there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Nutrafol is physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. That's a good thing. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective dosages so you get the most reliable results. Visit Nutrafol.com and take their hair wellness quiz for personalized product recommendations that are unique to your hair's needs. Who doesn't love that? It's also important to note, by the way, healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair in three to six months. In fact, in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. More than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code LIZ to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LIZ. When you subscribe, you will receive automatic monthly delivery so you never miss a dose. Okay, speaking of Joe Biden and how radical and nuts he is, take a look at this. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the, the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there are never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. Okay, first I think I speak for all of us when I say, what? This man is leader of the free world and he can't even put a coherent sentence together. Is he threatening American citizens with nuclear weapons? I think that's called, by the way, pulling a Swalwell. Remember when Eric Swalwell, the poster boy of gun control, did the same thing? Well, you don't need an AR-15 because the government has nuclear weapons, ha ha ha. What exactly is the point? This is my question. What is the point of threatening U.S. citizens with nuclear weapons? Like, oh, okay, the government has such big bad weapons, you wouldn't stand a chance, so you might as well just let the government confiscate your guns. It's always a great argument to say that you should give over your arms, which you own, to defend against a tyrannical government, you should give them to a government who's threatening to nuke you. Biden is a moron. 
By the way, this is this is a bigger conversation besides just criticizing Biden and his stumbling incoherence. Guns owned by private law-abiding citizens are obviously not the cause of the crime wave that we are experiencing in cities across our country. You know it. I know it. Even Joe Biden knows it. So let's talk some facts here. Guns are used, and I'm talking about guns, legally owned guns, used by law-abiding citizens. Guns are used 80 times more often to save a life than to take one. According to FBI crime statistics, states with concealed carry reduced murders by 8.5%, reduced rapes by 5%, aggravated assaults by 7%, robberies by 3%. States with concealed carry permits are safer. We also saw a steep drop in gun crimes that coincided with this skyrocket, this explosion of gun ownership that happened between the years 1996 and 2014. We don't have to look just in our country either. We can look at other countries around the world that did the same sort of thing. So we know that in Australia, they did a gun buyback program, which is just a euphemism for government confiscation of firearms. Well, what happened in the wake of that? After Australia's government took guns away from law-abiding citizens, violent crimes went up after the confiscation. In fact, a 10-year Australian study concluded that firearm confiscation had no effect on firearm homicide. This was reported in the British Journal of Criminology. In addition, we don't just have to look at Australia. We don't just have to look at the United States. This is true for all over the world, all over the Western world. According to the Harvard Journal of Law and Public Policy, the nine European nations with the lowest gun ownership rate have a combined murder rate three times that of the nine European nations with the highest gun ownership rate. So Joe Biden is lying to you. It shouldn't surprise you. It happens all the time. But that's what the research shows. That's what the fact shows. That's the reality of the thing. Joe Biden is peddling delusion because he has an ulterior political motive. By the way, there are more late-term abortions. That means the dismemberment of viable human unborn babies every year than total firearms-related homicides in the United States annually. Yet the Democrats are proponents of late-term abortion. So when they say that they care about saving even one lives, they're liars. So what is the cause of the crime wave? Joe Biden's lying about the cause. What is the cause? The cause, of course, is the Democrats, and it's the Democrats in three ways. It's the Democrats defund the police movement. It's Joe Biden's rhetoric and his agenda, his radical nominees. And it's the far-left district attorney strategy. So let's talk about these, this three-pronged reason, this trifecta of reasons that we're seeing this crime wave in the United States. So the New York Times reported that homicide rates in large cities were up more than 30% on average last year, that's 2020, and another 24% for the beginning of this year, 2021. This is especially true in cities that have defunded the police. Minneapolis, for example, where they, the city council stripped $8 million from the police budget in the wake of George Floyd, they saw a 21% rise in violent crime. It's hard to mistake that for any other reason other than the crime rose when the police were defunded. Portland, they've had a similar experience. They've had a, a very sharp increase in violent crime after they partially defunded their police department in 2020. That's why attorneys general, and these of course are Republican attorneys general, in multiple states have, um, have bonded together to publicly say that the defund the police movement has emboldened criminals across the nation. That is their words, emboldened criminals across the nation. This is also a good time to remind you what I said last week, that this defund the police movement is actually not popular among the American people. It's not even popular among Democrats. This is, and I mean, when I say Democrats, I mean Democratic voters, the Democratic electorate. 
Fewer than one in five people, that's less than 20% of people, support defunding the police. It's the Democrats, the liberal elitists in Washington, D.C., who either have private security or taxpayer-funded congressional security. They're the ones who want to take police protection away from you by defunding the police. But actually, it's bipartisan. Both Republican voters and Democrat voters, conservative Americans and liberal Americans who are not serving in public office do not support defunding the police. It's funny, you won't hear that from the mainstream media. You certainly won't hear it from people like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and all of the radical leftist ilk who are pretending that the reason for the crime wave is because of gun ownership. That's not it. Once again, Democrats don't care about your safety. They're willing to defund the police and put you in harm's way. They only care about their own agenda. So that's prong number one. Prong number two is Joe Biden's rhetoric. Remember on the campaign trail, he was campaigning for ending the construction of prisons. He was campaigning for an end to cash bail. By the way, the New York City police commissioner uh, says that the end to cash bail in New York City contributed to the surge of violent crime in 2020. No, duh. Everyone predicted that. Everyone with common sense predicted that. We all knew that was going to happen, and it has happened. So Biden's rhetoric on the campaign trail led to a policy change that led to violent crime increasing. Basically, Biden's rhetoric contributed to policy that hurt the American people. That's prong number two. Joe Biden has also nominated absolute radicals to positions of power at the Department of Justice. I'm talking about Vanita Gupta. I'm talking about Kristen Clark. These are people at the Department of Justice. This is supposed to be the federal law enforcement agency. They support defunding the police. How can you be at the top of the federal law enforcement agency and also support defunding police? You know what, what that leads to. You know that that hurts the American people. Now, in addition to this, and this isn't just Joe Biden, this is a strategy of the radical left that actually predated Joe Biden as president. There's been a campaign by the left, it's funded by George Soros and others, to put far leftists in positions of power as district attorneys and prosecutors. This has been funded, by the way, by a lot of liberal dark money groups, in addition to George Soros, although he is involved, make no mistake. This has resulted in Chesa Bowden in San Francisco, in George Gaskin in Los Angeles, who are anti-police, anti-prosecution district attorneys, which is a contradiction. Now, what happens when you get anti-police, anti-prosecution district attorneys? Well, crime increases. These cities become more dangerous. So this is why we've seen this increase in crime. This is what is behind the surge in violent crime, this crime wave in the United States. It's not guns. It's not law-abiding American citizens. It's far leftists. It's progressives. It's Joe Biden, his rhetoric, his policies, his campaign promises. Radical leftists, uh, dark money groups putting money behind these, these district attorneys. And by the way, the Republican Party is once again playing defense here. I've talked before, and I will continue to say it until the entire Republican Party listens to me. The Republican Party will continue to lose these battles as long as they keep playing defense. You can't just debunk the lies. That's important. Sure, we do it every day. But you can't just debunk the lies and then call it a day thinking, well, now that I've debunked that lie, people aren't going to believe it. They'll turn to the right thing. No, no. You have to debunk the lie as just stage one to open people's minds so then you can push the actual truth. So Republicans, instead of just debunking, push the truth, advocate for policies that actually do lower crime. Constitutional carry, gun rights for law-abiding citizens, school choice to increase educational outcomes, the free market so that prosperity increases. 
fathers involved in families. Did you know that's basically the number one predictor of whether someone's going to fall into a life of crime is whether their family is broken or unbroken, whether they have a father figure, a father in their life, and fund the police. Sure, audit the police when they're wasting money. Any government agency deserves that. The police aren't immune to that either. But don't take money away from the force that keeps American families safe, keeps our communities safe. The Republican Party makes this mistake over and over and over. They only say no, 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 and here's why, good reasons, but here's why we say no to democratic policies, and they do not push the policies that will actually make a difference. If the Republican Party did that, I promise, mark my words, you can, you can put this as a bookmark on your browser, you can note the name and the, or the date and the time. If Republicans played offense, we would win these battles, because oftentimes these battles aren't ideological per se. Every person that, every family that lives in the suburb, every family, every individual that lives in urban communities wants safety. That's not a partisan issue. It's not a Democrat issue. It's not a Republican issue. It's politicized by both parties. But when it actually comes down to it, if there is a policy that increases safety and that there's proof that it increases safety, you will have voters on both sides of the aisle support you. Republicans need to realize that. Okay, speaking of enlightening your mind and enlightening other people's minds, let's talk about young heretics. This is a voice, Spencer Clavin, a friend of mine whose voice blares in my house nonstop. My husband really likes Young Heretics, Spencer Clavin's podcast, and I don't blame him. The only thing I blame him is that he's late to the party. I think he didn't start listening until maybe episode 35, and now Spencer has about 50 on the books here. We've actually, in our household, we've had really interesting conversations sparked by Spencer. We've actually had a couple of disagreements, which I'm trying to convince my husband um, to debate me about. <laughs> we'll see if he does or not. Um, so anyway, the point of this, subscribe to Young Heretics with Spencer Clavin wherever you get your podcasts. Youngheretics.com is where you can see everywhere that you can get it. Spencer's voice itself, and uh, I mean both the rich and melodious tone, uh, as well as the content of what he's saying, it's really great. It is. He applies uh, philosophy and ancient philosophy to the modern world in a way that's very illuminating, very eye-opening, very enlightening. It's also produced by Soundfront, the same guys who produce my podcast, who also produce Verdict with Ted Cruz. Um, subscribe, Young Heretics, at youngheretics.com, and tell Spencer I sent you. Okay, by now you probably have all seen the video of the chair of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, talking about critical race theory. Before we delve into, line by line, why this is absolutely so problematic, why we should not let this guy off the hook, take a look. Sure. Um, first of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually. Uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university, uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders, now and in the future, do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding 
having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers, of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, antebellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to uh, a power differential with African Americans that were three-quarters of a human being when this country was formed. And then we had a civil war and emancipation proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it, I do want to know. And I respect your service, and you and I are both Green Berets. But I want to know. And it matters to our military and the discipline and cohesion of this military. And I thank you for the opportunity to make a comment on that. Thank you, General. This is extremely problematic. I, I can't even quite describe how problematic it is. So here's my response to General Milley. You read Marx. You read Lenin, you might have even read Hitler, in order to know your enemy. The assumption then, knowing your enemy, your, the assumption is that they are wrong. And you want to know exactly how their twisted minds work so that you can defeat them or prevent the same poisonous ideology from infiltrating our country. That is very different than the book you recommend, Ibram Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist. The book you recommend on critical race theory teaches racism and racialized Marxism as if it's fact, as if it's objective truth. It teaches that anybody who disagrees with it is a racist. And you did not differentiate that you were reading that book to know your enemy. Now, if you cannot see the difference between those two things, reading a book to know your enemy and reading something as if it's objective truth, if you cannot see the difference and see why that's problematic, then I don't know a more diplomatic way to say it, you're an idiot. You're also obviously ignorant about critical race theory. In fact, you're operating under their premise, which proves my previous point, that you were reading Ibram X. Kendi and believing what he was saying as if it was truth. You weren't reading it to know your enemy because you are now operating under his very premise. Critical race theory, as you know, is not just a Harvard Law School theory. We have a whole episode about the origin of critical race theory at the Frankfurt School. If you haven't listened to it, please go back and do so. It's extremely illuminating as we have this fight across our country. Critical race theory is racialism that's been weaponized to spark a Marxist revolution in our country. The phrase that you use, General Milley, white rage, that is a critical race theory term. You're literally buying into critical race theory. White rage, as defined by critical race theory advocates, is internalized racism, a part of inherent racism, a part of the idea that they claim that all white people are racist. Yet you phrase this, you frame it as if it's rage over equal rights. Is that why you think January 6th happened? Not because of fundamental distrust in our election system, because of voting irregularities? General Milley, you're also wrong about history. You're wrong about the three-fifths clause in the Constitution. I don't know if you're ignorant or if you purposely deliberately misrepresented this, but it did not define humanity. The purpose was the taxation and congressional representation, and it led to less power in Congress for slave states. To purposely misrepresent that is not only disingenuous, it's intellectually lazy. How about reading some books on financial responsibility instead, sir, on how to encourage families to stay together to help deal with PTSD? Or, sir, how about read some books on how to win wars? Remember, and this is the important part. This is why this is so problematic. These are young people serving in the military. Some of them are teenagers. The others are in their 20s. They're ripe for indoctrination. This is the problem with Kendi's anti-racist book. It is not introduced as ideas to study. 
It's indoctrination introduced as truth. That, sir, you should know. So speaking of starting kids on this path to radical leftist indoctrination, Amazon is selling books that praise Fidel Castro and Che Guevara. Now, you might say, oh, that's odd because I thought that they censored all kinds of books. I thought that they had censored Ryan Anderson, for example, for writing a scientific research book on transgenderism. Why would they then be promoting books about dictators and terrorists? Well, it's a great question, one that you should ask Amazon. The book's titles are Who Was Che Guevara? It focuses on, obviously, a, the Marxist revolutionary in Cuba. Uh, this, this, this individual who, is, who has been turned into a deity by the radical left, he murdered people. Didn't matter if they were guilty or innocent. He put gay people in labor camps. He obviously was opposed to a free press, but the Amazon description of the book begins, find out how Che Guevara, a doctor turned communist leader and much more than a face on a t-shirt, ended up paying the ultimate price for his cause. Is that how we're describing terrorists now? That's how we're describing killers? It goes on to say his legacy as the author of the Motorcycle Diaries, a champion of the poor and a force for change in Cuba, is both personal and political. The first chapter of the book is titled, A Brave Boy. Let's wipe the slate clean for a second. Historically, this is who Che Guevara is. He was virulently anti-gay, killed people for being gay, just FYI to the wokesters wearing his t-shirt. Che Guevara was also a murderer, killed anybody who he didn't like, anybody who annoyed him. But that doesn't matter to Amazon because he was a communist. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, that Amazon shouldn't allow these books to be published. I'm an advocate of the free press, including books. I'm more or less of a free speech absolutist. I see no need to, to censor ideology, even poisonous ideology. But it is telling that Amazon allows socialist, communist propaganda, because that's what this book is. It's propaganda. But then censors conservatives. Ryan Anderson's book, Abigail Schreier's book on transgenderism, on the science behind transgenderism. I mean, these books were so thoroughly researched. They were banned for being hateful. But communist and socialist propaganda is allowed on Amazon. That double that's a disgusting double standard. But of course, this is what the left does. They're trying to indoctrinate children. These are children's books. In Virginia, there's a public library, and it's very important to point out that this is a public library, which means it is funded and supported by taxpayer dollars. They are pushing a drag queen story hour, this time on preschoolers. This library is in Fairfax, Virginia, and not just preschoolers, by the way. Their target audience for their drag storybook hour, babies and toddlers. I'm not making this up. This is what they say. Celebrate Pride Month by attending Drag Storybook Hour, co-sponsored by Fairfax County Public Library and the McLean Community Center. Registration required all ages, audience, school-aged children, preschoolers, babies, and toddlers. So let's back up for one second. Let's talk about drag queens. What are drag queens? Well, drag queens are hypersexualized, vulgar images of women played by biological men. So even if you think that transgenderism is totally normal, totally a-okay, this is not. And when I say this, I mean the hypersexualized, vulgar version of women portrayed by men is not topically appropriate for school-aged children, preschoolers, toddlers, and babies. And here's a comparison for those of you who might argue otherwise. Would you take your preschooler to a strip club? If not, why not? 
Well, because it's wildly inappropriate and disturbing to introduce kids to deviant sexual fetishes. That also applies to drag queen story hours. It doesn't make you transphobic. It doesn't make you anti-LGBTQ to say so. It's simply fact. And once again, this is where conservatives need to stop playing defense. Don't just complain about drag queen story hour. And they need to start playing offense instead. And this is what I mean. I'm gonna start giving examples of how to play offense on these different topics. Think about this. What do you want your child to learn instead of drag queen story hour? Well, if someone asked me that question, I would say, well, my elementary school child, my primary school child, I'd love for them to be introduced to the classics. So start a program that will put, that will put on readings of the classics in children's versions. Maybe Shakespeare plays, for example, or readings of great books like Anne of Green Gables or maybe a Hardy Boys Mystery Club. Those are wholesome things that should be introduced to children by a library system. That's what a library is supposed to be. It's supposed to be about books, bringing books to life, books that help nurture and help form the healthy imagination, the healthy moral imagination of young girls and young boys. Instead of just talking about how bad drag queen story hours are, which they are, and we should call them out, but we should also remember to say why we're calling them out, don't just play defense, play offense. Start pushing public libraries in your area to put on events that you want your child to attend. And if you do this, please tell me and I'll help you publicize it. It's great to stop indoctrination, but it's better to actively train children the way that we want, the moral way, the right way. Okay, so the next question is, does a new Florida state law require college students to disclose their political affiliation? The short answer to this is no, the liberals are lying. They, it's because, by the way, they're lying because Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, is playing offense. This is why this question exists. According to The Hill, this was a headline from The Hill, Florida governor signs law requiring students and faculty be asked to declare their political beliefs. A similar headline ran from the Tampa Bay Times, which read, State University faculty students to be surveyed on beliefs. If this were true, this would be relatively problematic, right? If it were true. Is it? Well, let's look to the source. Let's look at the text of the legislation. This is what the legislation says, and I quote, the State Board of Education shall require each Florida college system institution to conduct an annual assessment of the intellectual freedom and viewpoint diversity at that institution. The State Board of Education shall select or create an objective, nonpartisan, and statistically valid survey to be used by each institution, which considers the extent to which competing ideas and perspectives are presented and members of the college community, including students, faculty, and staff, feel free to express their beliefs and viewpoints on campus and in the classroom. The State Board of Education shall annually compile and publish the assessments by September 1st of each year, beginning on September 1st, 2022. The State Board of Education may adopt rules to implement this paragraph. It goes on to say, the State Board of Education may not shield students, faculty, or staff at Florida college system institutions from free speech protected under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. What exactly does this mean? It means two things. It means nobody is asked about their personal political beliefs. They are asked if they feel free to express their beliefs and viewpoints on campus and in the classroom. So this could apply to anybody. This could apply to a liberal who didn't feel free to express his or her viewpoint. This could apply to a conservative who didn't feel free to express his or her viewpoint. This could apply to a libertarian, a centrist, a socialist, a Marxist. This is asking only about the environment on campus. 
Now, maybe more conservatives will respond to this survey because more conservatives are stifled, they are discriminated against, they are censored compared to their leftist peers, but nobody's asked about their personal beliefs. And the caveat there is no student is required to answer this survey in the first place. That's why there's First Amendment protections. You can't compel someone to speak. Students and faculty and staff are offered this survey, and the universities then have to report it, but no student is forced to take the survey. So why is the radical left lying to you then? If this is so easily debunked by looking just at the text of the legislation itself, why are they lying? Well, they're lying because Ron DeSantis, as we covered last week, is playing offense here. He's not just banning critical race theory in Florida public schools, as he should. Well done, sir. He's playing offense. He's saying, what would I rather have my child taught, your child taught, America's children taught? I'd rather have them taught about the evils of communism. I'd rather have them taught to be patriots. He's playing offense, and that freaks the heck out of the left. So what does the left do? They lie. They defame. They try to distract from the truth. They try to take him down by making him seem like he's a fascist, like he's a dictator, like he's an authoritarian, like he's going to force people to disclose their personal information. No, no. That's not the case. Don't believe the left for a second. Also, by the way, if there is leftist indoctrination at the college campuses, can Governor DeSantis defund those institutions? Theoretically, sure, if it's a government institution. Just FYI, never forget that public universities, state universities are government institutions. All right, you hear it, the great and powerful Jay Hay, my producer is telling me that we are out of time for today. We will have more for you tomorrow. In the meantime, think for yourself. Use critical thought and reject critical theory, question authority, follow the facts, and don't let government or corporate wokeism or cultural Marxism or anybody bully you into being a sheep. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, download the episodes, give us a five-star rating, write us a glowing review. I still do read all your reviews, by the way. Really appreciate that. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Stephen Reyes. Assistant editor, Michael Wall. Assistant editor, Tommy Weber. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Post-production manager, Victoria Metzl. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. And production assistant, Mickey Pisani. This has been a Soundfront production.